Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Lots to get to in this hour. Let's jump straight to the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one coming up here in just a few moments. We'll be joined by Kennedy Mason Stryverson. She's had another great year for Silver Creek basketball, and they are headed back to Indianapolis on Saturday for the 3A state championship game. And we always have Coach Shane with us during these postseason runs. Want to talk with some of the players this week in advance of this big state championship contest. So Kennedy's going to join us here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show, it's Wednesday. So Dustin Doperak, he's the uh, IU beat writer for the Bloomington Herald Times. He's with us to talk IU basketball. A quick turnaround for the Hoosiers. They've got Maryland coming up on Thursday night. I think we all know at this point, the backs of this IU team is against the wall as far as the NCAA tournament goes. And Thursday is, I think, absolutely against a mediocre Maryland team with not a great conference record, a must-win game for IU. And we'll talk about that with Dustin later. Then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join us later in the hour, presented by Major League Shirt Company for a chat on local sports. We'll talk about the Silver Creek team headed back to the girls' state championship game. We'll talk about the final week of the boys' basketball season and get Josh's thoughts on the boys' sectional brackets that were set on Sunday for next week. So just a fun time, basketball everywhere here in our area, uh, from high school to college and beyond, and we'll cover a lot of it with you today here on the program. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And don't forget to download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. You can use it daily for savings on fuel and lots of other things as well. With us now, Kennedy Mason Stryverson of Silver Creek Girls Basketball. And Kennedy, as we welcome you to the show today, here on this Wednesday, let me start by congratulating you on another big season individually, and uh, you and some of the seniors have really helped key this team uh, back to postseason <clears throat> success once again. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. It's been a big couple weeks here in postseason basketball for you and the team. <clears throat> How does it feel to be going back to the state championship game for a second year in a row? Honestly, it's just exciting. I think being excited is like the number one word that I can describe. And just to know that coming off of like that big milestone of winning the state championship, you don't really know 
how you're going to look the next year, especially because we did lose so much. But we also do know that we've created a great foundation here with players who even played JV or players who returned. Like they always know what it takes to be able to be in these big moments and what it takes to be a leader and how to step up and even show the younger kids below them again, what it takes. So just to know that we have been doing so good over the years, creating foundations for kids to be able to grow and be able to play in different roles and be able to step up whenever we know that they can and they know that they can. It's just, it's really exciting. So I'm just really excited to be back there and just excited to know that even though we did lose so much, we were able to rebuild with different pieces and be able to get back here because this is huge. All right, Kennedy, there's two things from Saturday that I saw that I, I specifically want to ask you about. Number one, uh, you did not have the best first half. You finished the game very strong and were a huge part of the Silver Creek win, but when you're not playing your best or maybe the shots just aren't falling for that quarter, that half, that game, you guys seem to have a lot of confidence in each other that other players will step up and make the shots maybe that you can't get or maybe you're getting double teamed and someone else is open. Other players on this team have stepped up at every juncture when someone else has needed to lead the way for a half or a game or whatever it may be. Yeah, 100%. I can go down the line of girls who have played in moments throughout this entire season of where they have stepped up and either hit big shots or got a good deflection or, I mean, again, et cetera. But there are so many people on the team that bring, like, good energy and bring so much more than just one thing for our team. Even looking at our bench, like, we have probably one of the best benches in the whole state, like, their energy that they bring and the way that they support us. I mean, no matter what, like, it's something that I can't even describe, but in the games, if I know that I'm not getting something that I want, I can always look to my left and look to my right and know that my teammates have my back no matter what. And I know that, again, especially Emmy on Saturday stepped up a lot. She was driving. She was finishing. She did really good. And then even going down the line, everybody else, Meredith was getting rebounds. Sid was getting defensive stops. Lacey was getting rebounds. So there's so many things that people do other than scoring every day that isn't really talked about. And that's why I'm so grateful for this team because there is a lot of dirty work that gets done that many people don't really see, but it's still so important to the bigger picture. Kennedy, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. After the game, we were high above Johnson Arena calling the game on the radio. And as the buzzer sounded, the the students came out, which was awesome to see the great support that you guys are no surprise, though, getting from your, your school and community. But you kind of drifted off a little bit. Uh, there were some young players, maybe young students, I'm assuming, from Silver Creek that you shared a special moment with, a hug before you guys got the trophy. And as your teammates and classmates were celebrating together, you took time to to celebrate with these youngsters. Tell us about that because you mentioned you know people looking up to you and growing the next generation of basketball players here in the area, and, and I kind of saw that, I think, firsthand on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I think that my number one thing is, again, taking care of my team, but there is people who are young, like third graders, fourth graders, even younger than that, who go to almost all of our games with their parents. They bring their whole family, like our teachers come out with their kids. So there's so many young kids who want to be exactly how we are right now. And so just showing them like they're important and that they can do the exact same things that we're doing with hard work and dedication and everything that goes into basketball, like they can do the same thing. And so I don't ever want them to be discouraged or anything. I want them to be excited saying, seeing us like do everything that we've been doing and all the success 
success that we've been having. And just for them to know that we love you, you're very important, and you see it firsthand. So make sure whenever you get here, you can do it. Again, there's so many kids who stayed after all of our games, show up back at the school. Like, I sign their shirts. I give them hugs. I take pictures. Like, I probably can make a whole scrapbook about all of the kids that I have and all the um, the camps that we hold. Like, those kids are really important to us. And, again, everything that we do here is always bigger than bigger than basketball. So we just try to – everything that we preach, definitely put it into action. And I can say that 100%. Those little kids are, like, my favorite part of doing it just to be that example for them to for them to be able to say hey I can do this and I remember seeing Kennedy firsthand whenever she did do this and just for them to be excited for the next journey in high school is what I really love. Talking with Kennedy Mason Stryverson, Silver Creek senior, the Lady Dragons headed back to the 3A state championship game on Saturday. Uh, let, let me ask you this, how different has this season been and this postseason run been without your sister? I thought last year the success of you two playing off of each other, celebrating together after the state championship game, that was just such a neat experience for, for your family and for you guys. Uh, she's moved on to college. You've jumped up to your senior year. How different has it been to not have her with you in practice and games in this run every day? She's my right-hand man. Again, I miss her every single day. But at the end of the day, I know if there's anything like basketball like anything that I ever need she is one call away so just knowing that I will always have her in my corner for anything that I need really helps and I think that last year being able to go through that with her has prepared me a lot for this year because I again I knew that there was going to come a time in my life where I didn't have her literally right next to me but there's no there's nothing that stops us ever from communicating and always me always leaning on her and still looking up to her till this day so she's definitely been like probably one of the biggest things in my life and again my role model I say it all the time and I look up to her and I just think that having that success with her last year just makes me so hungry for it this year like and before sectionals I texted all of the seniors and I said like hey like it's it's different but I'm excited and I miss you guys and just know that we're going to get it done for all of you. And they all texted back and they all like wished us luck. And like, I was almost crying before our Scottsburg game because it was just so emotional. And again, it's so deeper. Like you build connections with, I built connections with all the seniors, like everyone who left, but most importantly, my sister, knowing that this was another sectional that I was my last sectional that I was walking into it without her. But again, it just gives me something else to feed off of and somebody else to play for other than myself. Kennedy Mason Stryverson of Silver Creek girls basketball, my guess. Great stuff, Kennedy. Let's talk about Saturday's state championship game. It was an awesome game a year ago against South Bend, Washington. They've got a lot of players back. They've had a tremendous season as well. Even though there's so much distance between Sellersburg and South Bend, have you guys kind of quietly, and maybe you can say this now, uh, quietly in the back of your mind, or have you been checking them out a little bit on social media wondering you know, is this rematch possible? Would both teams get there? Um, have you have you been following them at all in, until this week when I know Coach Shane's been going through preparations for them? Well, I have mostly all of the girls on social media. So, like, I mean, liking their pictures, sharing it. So, I mean, there's nothing, like, bad at all. Like, I see the things that they do. I see the success. And, again, I'm always happy. I remember whenever we were at Junior All-Stars, I was with Mila. Like, we talked, we chatted it up and just laughed. Like, so – 
I love I love the girls. Like I know who they are, and again, it's some familiar face. So I have been keeping up with them like through social media. But as far as like film and like breaking them down, that started about two days ago. Gotcha, Kennedy Mason Stryberson, our guest. Let's talk about Saturday's game first off. As a high school player, and you you go in with the experience of having done this last year, what's it like to play in Bankers Life Fieldhouse, or I guess now it's Gainbridge Fieldhouse, in a professional basketball arena? Uh, normally there are great crowds. I'm sure Silver Creek will have an awesome crowd on Saturday night once again. But what what's that experience like, just uh, not even the game, but just getting the chance to play in a building of that stature? I mean, just like you said, just a chance to be able to get that opportunity. There are so many, like so many teams right now who are like not practicing and their season is over. And just I just keep going back to the fact that we're one of two in 3A still practicing, but one of eight like total in the whole state. So just to know that you've had that many accomplishments and just to be able to get this far is amazing. But knowing that uh, both teams have been there like last year, there is going to be more experience. And it's just awesome, like, just going through, like, thinking about our whole season and our whole post-run. Like, it's just amazing to know that this is, one, going to be, like, the end of it, but it's also bittersweet because, I mean, no one really wants to end that, like, the high school season. So uh, I'm just really trying to just focus on it but also enjoy the moment, like, just going through it with my, with my sisters, my teammates, like, it's just exciting, and I just can't wait to be able to go back up there because it is a familiar building. It's a familiar everything, and it's just gonna, it's going to be a really good game. Kennedy, uh, you've committed to the University of Evansville. You'll play college basketball at the Division One <laughs> level. As, as you go through this great experience your senior year with your teammates, and I know all the focus is on winning Saturday's championship game, but how nice is it to know your future for basketball? You know where you're headed. You know the coach you're going to play for next and you're going to get a chance to do all that at a, at a very high level. No, it's great. Like, I knew immediately whenever I talked to Coach Sherwell that, like, that's where I was going. And my visit, like, almost literally sealed the deal. So I loved it before I had even started my last year. And just knowing that that was kind of a weight off of my shoulders, I think definitely helped in preparation for the season, too, because I know there are so many people right now who are still worried about where they're going. And, again, I understand that because I was in that boat a couple of months ago but I'm super excited again I know basketball is going to be like more of a job next year but I mean I'm still gonna love it I know I love the coaches I love the team like everybody I met so many good people I met the all the some professors some like so many it's just a really great community and I just can't wait to be able to go there and just know that I'm going to be able to be taken care of and have another great basketball experience all right, great stuff. Kennedy, I think I joined a lot of people here in southern Indiana in wishing you guys the best of luck. It's been fun to watch you the last few seasons really tear up the area. Congratulations again on your personal success and the success of your team as well. We're all hoping you've got one more victory in you on Saturday <laughs> night in Indianapolis, and we'll be courtside there for the game, okay? Thank you. All I right. appreciate it. Kennedy Mason Stryverson, not only is she a great player, I think that's clear if you followed this Silver Creek girls team at all, but very well spoken, uh, a great interview. And she understands something that I'm so proud of about all of this area that I think these state finals journeys and the success we have, whether it's a superstar player or a team that wins a state championship, 
it is about more than just basketball and what she did on Saturday celebrating with some of the young Silver Creek fans that are elementary, I'm guessing, age students. That helps build interest and makes the program solid for years to come. And uh, when you see a high school student that understands that as they're going through it, it's a pretty neat thing. So best of luck to Kennedy and her teammates. We'll have more on this Silver Creek team coming up a little bit later in the week. And we'll be at Gainbridge Fieldhouse on Saturday night for the uh, 3A state title game. We'll bring you the full coverage. If you're out and about, uh, you're not going to be at the game. You can catch us for everything going on in Indianapolis. And our pregame coverage will begin about 540, we believe, uh, courtside from Gainbridge Fieldhouse in downtown Indianapolis. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll talk IU basketball in the next segment. Uh, a must-win game for this Indiana team. If they're going to get to the NCAA tournament, uh, they've got to have some success here, and it's got to start really soon. And uh, this opportunity at home against Maryland is uh, a, a big opportunity. So we'll see how things play out. That game set for tomorrow. Dustin Dopirak is with us in the next segment to talk all about it. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, texter sent in to me, let me read it here, uh, what a what a bright leader and young lady, great interview uh, regarding Kennedy Mason Stryverson in the last segment. And, yeah, she's not just a great basketball player, and you can, but off the court as well, you can see she's uh, going to be a success uh, much beyond uh, the ball bouncing. There's no question about that. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest always on Wednesdays as we talk IU basketball. And Dustin, I know that uh, we all are guilty of overhyping games and their importance, but if you look at what's left on the IU schedule and you think about where this IU team is at losing five games in a row, but at times, like at Ohio State, coming back from an 11-point deficit and showing that they haven't given up on the season. Uh, tomorrow night's game against Maryland is the game IU has to win if they're going to put anything together here over the close of the season and make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, they're officially out of mulligans now. Uh, I think that's really that, that that's really where Ohio State puts them. That loss and the Wisconsin loss also uh, you know, th that really puts them in the situation where they're they're out of margin for error. They absolutely have to win the games that they you know should win or, or might be favored to win or, or even would be favored to be just a push with. Uh, they got to win these next three, um, and you know basically uh, unless they pull a miracle at Purdue, which I, I just have a hard time seeing them you know pulling that off uh, in their gym as, as much as they beat them at home. Um, I mean, I guess if they if they swing that one, then then, then maybe they can lose one of these. Uh, but really, I mean, they're they're just they're, they're out of 
they're out of leeway. Uh, basically, they're 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 no longer in a position where I mean, every any game isn't a must win. I mean, like Maryland's a must win, Minnesota's a must win, Rutgers is a must win, um, and if they lose any one of those, they absolutely have to beat Purdue. You know that that's really what it comes down to. I think at this point for them to get in, um, I'm surprised to still see them on the right side of the bubble from what I've seen so far. I know Lenardi I think has them as one of the last four in, but they're just barely on that side. So I mean, they just they def- desperately need to win some basketball games. And they need to start immediately. Maryland's obviously the team that they handled uh, out on the road. Um, they st- should even with even if Galloway's out, and I don't know if he is. Um, should still be able to beat that team, um, but they they got to get right, and they just and they haven't been right for a while. Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times. My <clears throat> guess we're talking IU basketball in this segment. Dustin, I-, I wanted to talk a bit about injuries. Rob Finnessy, it appears, is going to be out for a while. He's already been out for a while now at this point. Trey Galloway, we don't know a lot of details about at this point. I think it was listed as a lower a lower leg or lower body injury, I believe, in the report. Lower came. body, yeah. So it's almost like a hockey injury. Yeah, so that means they're really not saying yeah, so very, it's very, very, very it's, it's broad. It's on the lower half of him, and that's all they'll say. <laughs> very, very yeah, broad purpose, there. Purposely very broad. And uh, then Christian Lander has, yeah. has been out as well. So Indiana really thin with some of its perimeter players. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was uh, certainly it, – it, it changed the game um, on, on – on Monday, it was impressive they managed to rally back. I think once once they started to fade, you could see really in, in the ten or eleven minute when they felt or uh, fifteen minute mark, I guess, the second half when they fall behind by ten or eleven, it really had that sense that that the dam was about to break and the fact that they kind of got up from that uh, and still managed was sort of impressive. I mean, you know, it, it, it hurts on a bunch of levels. Obviously, it puts Xavier Johnson in a position where he has to play an overwhelming number of minutes. Uh, put they, they had to. You know, figure out somebody else to be a point guard because Trey Galloway was the emergency point guard, uh, and ended up, uh, you know, the only stretch that Xavier Johnson was out of the game. You know, Parker Stewart brought the ball up. Uh, I think Tamar Bates maybe did it once, um, but it was just sort of a, you know, a by committee, but mostly Parker Stewart moving from the two to the one to start, you know, sort of running the offense. Um, and you know, I, I think Parker did fine in his in his period, but you know, ultimately you're forcing guys who are not point guards to be point guards. That's tough. And the defensive matchup, I think, is 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 the biggest thing. I mean, Jerry Galloway is their best wing defender, and he's your best option against a guy like Malachi Branham. Um, and so they had Parker Stewart on him. That's a really tough assignment for Parker Stewart. Uh, I thought Parker had some moments um, where you know where I thought thought he did the right thing and still got beat. Um, you know, I think you know when uh, basically he was where he was supposed to be. He was fighting as hard as he possibly could, and Branham just scored over him or just got past him. I mean, it's just a tough assignment for him. He's it's just a more athletic player uh, than Parker Stewart is, and I give him credit for battling. But um, it, it's not like they had a magical better option that they could have gone to at that point. I mean, Tamar Bates hasn't gotten there yet. I think he will be a really good defender, um, but he's not a guy that's going to lock down a Malachi Branham yet. You know, Miller Cobb I thought had some good moments. Anthony Leal I think kind of struggled in that. Um, assignment, but but Galloway is the one guy that you feel good about if you're putting him on Branham. Um, and, and and Galloway hasn't locked guys up as much as he did in the first couple games he was playing. But all the same, um, you know you feel better about Galloway in that assignment than you do about anybody else. And when you don't have him as an option uh, that you can switch to, uh, you're in a position where you have no good choices uh, to to deal with a really terrific player and one of the best freshmen in the league. Um, so that was really, I think, uh, where where that came down to, and they still struggle just as a group offensively. There's just a, it's a lot of one-dimensional uh, players trying to make a complete backcourt, and sometimes they succeed, and sometimes they don't. Um, but you take three guys out like that, and you're you're just a lesser team. I mean, Rob Tennessee has definitely made an impact. A lot, lack of him. 
uh, has made an impact because he just he can just he can defend a couple positions and defend them very very well and gives you two guys that can stop the dribble. It allows you to move Xavier Johnson around if you want to play both of those guys together. He can take on some bigger guys. Uh, where if he's you know the point guard, you know he's really got to be the guy who's taking. If he's the only point guard, he's got to be really the guy who's taking the ball. Um, so that that I think is uh, obviously just it 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 affects him seriously. It, it you, know, you got to give him credit for battling in spite of it. Um, but that was I. I had a serious impact on the basketball game and will if they're going to continue to be out. Dustin, what is the path forward? I, uh, this comes up every day on the show, but it's just that time of year. What is the path forward for Indiana to get either back on the bubble or back in the tournament? Is there a certain number of wins the rest of the way? Can they even, with Purdue on the schedule, and we know that's going to be tough at uh, West Lafayette, can they even accomplish that in the regular season, or is this now going to trend over into the Big Ten tournament that IU is going to need to pick up a win or two there as well? Yeah, no, I think, I mean, obviously that you're now, what I think, the, the way I think the dynamics change is that the they're not entirely in control of their, of their own destiny anymore. Um, I, I think that's what it was. I mean, that, that's the way that, that Mike Woodson put it and Trace Jackson put it before, uh, you know, after the Wisconsin loss, they say we still control our own destiny. And I, I think they don't anymore. Uh, that, that's the issue is that I think at this point, number one, I mean, they're going to need help regardless. If they can beat Purdue, that changes things. I mean, if, if they run the table the last four games and they beat Purdue at Purdue, uh, then that's one of those sort of, you know, sparkling victories that gets you, I think, squarely in the tournament and you're safe. But, I mean, that's going to be a really, really hard game to win there um and the, the way that indiana is playing I, I i have a hard time imagining them um going to purdue and winning there right now but if they go three and oh uh in the, in the next three if they if they get maryland minnesota and Rutgers, which is certainly doable um but not a lock Rutgers has been playing really well and Rutgers is in right now um but you know that that gets you another win over a tournament team and that really helps so that puts you i think in a pretty good position but i think the bubble can go sideways on you uh if you have a couple of good stealers in there if you have a couple of other teams that uh really rally late and produce um you know good uh they have great tournament runs or something like that if, if some aac teams or acc teams you know like an smu or a san diego state or you know mountain west you know basically uh programs that that level that are kind of on the borderline if those if those teams go off if an Oregon goes off if some of the other teams that right now are on the wrong side of the bubble um, you know have really strong finishes uh, then you could see Indiana getting pushed to the other side even if they go three and0 so I would say to, if, to feel safe if you're not going to be Purdue at this point uh, I, I think you need the three other wins and you might need two in the tournament to feel sure now you might get in anyway um, based on what else happens, I mean, if, if yeah, I think the bubble is is relatively soft right now, and if it stays soft, soft, you got a chance of getting in. But I mean, you know, again, right now they're on the right side of it, but just barely. Um, so I think they just they desperately need these, those three wins, and I, I don't think they'll feel safe if they don't win at least one uh, in the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, it depends on how they match up and, and where they end up being seated and who, and who they play. Um, but I, and I would say in particular, if they play a team that's worse than them uh, in the Big Ten tournament, then they have to win it. Um, and they, that doesn't, they don't necessarily have to beat a team that's better than them in the Big Ten tournament, um, but if they get matched up with a team that is worse than them, they totally have to win that game. Bloomington Herald-Times writer Dustin Dopirak, my guest. Dustin, um, you know, there have been times when IU has gotten to this latter part of February and have been on the bubble, off the bubble, maybe barely in the tournament, uh, but, but when, when – when the rubber meets the road, when they get with their backs against the wall in these must-win situations where 
there have been some situations that make you wonder, is this team kind of giving up after a number of losses in a row or, or they're not projected to be in the tournament any longer at this point? As mediocre as this team is, and speaking of mediocre, Zach had a great story that came out just a little bit ago <clears throat> Uh, about the title it's time for some hard truths Indiana basketball is mediocre and I'm in the process or was reading it over the commercial break but um, I don't think this team has given up though I don't think we would have seen them fight down the stretch down double digits at Ohio State on the road and a tough one if they'd given up so if there's one thing to credit this team at this point it's that even with five losses in a row they I don't think they've hung it up for the season yet I think this group is still very engaged and battling I just don't think that they're that good <laughs> yeah no that's what that that's what it comes down to and I think and and to the point of the, the mediocrity piece and Zach actually wrote that one after the Ohio State game he's just he's just re-upping it and trying to get some more breeds on it um which is you know smart business sense when you're a reporter um but no he um and and, and he hit this and we talked a lot about it uh, you know that night just coming out of the game um, that it, it's they are mediocre in the sense that when it when they're in a position they have to close basketball games, uh, they don't have the elements that it takes to do that right now. Um, I mean, some like and and I don't think it's necessarily meant. You know, some of it might be mental grit or whatever. Some of them might might be uh, just sort of belief in their ability to get it right at the end. But I mean, they 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 still care. They still definitely want to win basketball games, and they are playing like a team uh, that cares about it. And, and when you're when you're down eleven on the road against Ohio State, I mean, that's a place. Uh, where you could easily fold, where you could easily decide, shoot, man, it's just not our night. And it's not even necessarily that you're quitting, um, but you've seen, I, I think you've seen teams that do have some grit and some guts just kind of know that it's not their night. And it happens, you know, with, with, with more games or whatever, it happens on a nightly basis in the NBA, you know, where, where exactly you, you, not every game is, is live or die. Um, when you have a sense that you're down 20 and you, you, you just don't have it, um, you're not going to be able to pull it off. You don't necessarily, you know, rally that hard to come back. I mean, it seemed to be slipping away, and they, those guys found uh, a gear defensively to really stop Ohio State. I mean, I, I think Ohio State had maybe one field goal uh, over a 15-minute period. Um, that that's you know that that's really amping it up. Um, but you know, the issue is, I mean, offensively right now, um, they don't have the tools to close the game out. I mean, they can find some buckets through the course of a game, um, you know, when they're you know, playing in transition and it's wide open. But, like, when a team knows it's got to stop you one time, um, you know, to get themselves to in a position to tie or whatever, and, you know, they're going to get back and, and be in a half-court setting and take away your best weapons. Um, and, and focus hard and lean on Trace Jackson Davis and make sure he's not going to beat them and, and, and just be very deliberate about what you're doing, it's hard for them to win. Um, it's, it's hard for them to find a way to you know get a bucket. I mean, you really look at the last um, the last offensive possessions in each of the last two games. I mean, it, it, it's just a, a team that doesn't have an answer, and it doesn't have an answer because it's just not there um, in, in a sense of, like, well, you got to get one bucket one time. What's your trump card? Um, you, you don't have one because, I mean, obviously you feel good about Trace Jackson Davis as a player, but you don't feel great about him when the other team is going to put three bodies around him. Um, you don't want him driving past, you know, all three of them, and maybe that's an option. But it's, you know, then you're trying to make what's the best basketball play, and you end up, you know, finding the open man. And the open man usually ends up being a guy that's shooting less than 35% from three. Um, and so that's what that's the situation they keep finding themselves in is putting the ball in, hand, in hands of guys that are not scoring half the time they take shots. So you know, that, like over like, over and over again, that's sort of where they are. And they haven't been able to, you know, lock that down. Again, like I said, I, I think they're not quitting at all, but it, they, they get late in games and they don't have the elements to close. I mean, whether that's that's grit or whether that's just weapons. Um, and I think a big part of it is, is lack of offensive weapons, and that's what puts putting them where they are. 
Dustin, uh, let's let's look at the Big Ten for just a moment as things come down the stretch over the next week, week and a half. Uh, right now, four, three teams, excuse me, with uh, four losses in the conference: Purdue, thirteen and four, and both Wisconsin and Illinois have twelve and four records. Are the Boilermakers, uh, with what they have ahead, going to get this done and win a Big Ten championship this year? I mean, I say yes. I need to look at their uh, – while I'm talking to you, while I'm in the middle of this, I'm going to see if I can find uh, – go get their schedule and see what they have left. But, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, I think they're playing with the biggest head of steam. Um, you know, you're seeing um, – Wisconsin and Illinois, they're good, but they still look a little bit vulnerable to me. Uh, they, they still look like they're in a position where they, they can they can drop some of these games. I think they've played really well. But, I mean, you know, okay, looking at, uh, at Purdue – Purdue's got three left on the board – uh, at Michigan State, at, at, that's at East Lansing, and that's a tough place to win. Obviously, Indiana just found that out. Um, but you know, I, I, Michigan State's not blowing anybody away. Uh, I don't think. And obviously, they just got uh, beat up last night on the road at Iowa. Um, you know, Purdue might have a tough time against Wisconsin on the road. I, I think that's a, an issue for Purdue. Is if, if you can hold them under seventy-five, um, they have a hard time stopping you. Uh, that's that's Purdue's one major issue. Obviously, is defensively. Um, they, they just don't have very much. They have a, a handful of pretty good defenders. Um, they have just the size of Zach Eady around the rim, which makes a difference. But they don't really have lockdown guys. I mean, if they could uh, – I, I imagine right now is the time they would like to be able to just call up Nogel Eastern and find out what he's doing and, and you know take advantage of what remaining eligibility he has left. That's not an option for them to take him back. Um, but they could use a guy that could really guard multiple positions and lock, lock somebody down. They don't really have that. Um, and so when they get to some grinded out games, they can lose those. And so they, they might lose that Wisconsin. That might put them uh, in a bit of a bind again. I have a hard time imagining that they would, uh, that they would lose uh, to Indiana at home. But the next two road ones are a little bit tough. Um, let me see here. What's Illinois? What's Wisconsin got left? Wisconsin obviously has to play Purdue at home. So that's, that, you know, again, that's certainly not an easy game. They've got at Rutgers, which – Rutgers is tough. That's a tough place to play. Uh, at Minnesota, I think tonight, I think that's a game that they should win. Um, but they got Nebraska at home. Wisconsin's got a nice little schedule to finish, although Rutgers is a tough one uh, and Purdue's a tough one at home. Um, and where we got, what's Illinois got? Let me see here. Um, Getting it multitasking here live on the radio. Looks like. Appreciate you. I am multitasking. Yeah. It's live radio. <laughs> uh, you know, Ohio State, Ohio State at home, I think that's an interesting one. Um, but it's certainly a game they can win at Michigan. Michigan, you know, Michigan's going to be an inter- interesting case with, with Juwan Howard being suspended, uh, what they're going to be like, and, and, and is that emotion going to still be an issue a week from now? Um, and, you know, Penn State at home is a nice one for them. Uh, and But but Iowa at home, I think Iowa's playing really well. Um, so it's intriguing. I mean, Purdue can certainly do it. Uh, I, I guess that's sort of the bottom line to it. Obviously, they've got, they, they, they've got fewer games left. They're already 13-4, and four, so they've got a half-game lead. Uh, on everybody, but obviously the losses thing obviously ends up being the more, more important number. Um, I think basically if Purdue can beat Wisconsin on the road, they get it. Uh, that's kind of what it comes down to. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for them. Um, it's a tough matchup for them. It's not a, not the style of play that they like to play uh, right now with with as open uh, you know as, as wide open of an offense as they have as as shaky as the defenses they have, which is not necessarily typical Purdue. Um, but they they're certainly in a good position, um, and if they can grind out a win at Wisconsin, which you know again greater teams have failed, 
uh, to do so up there, um, then then they can win this thing. But that that one that one's going to be tough. And if they lose that game, it could shake it up pretty good. And you can see Wisconsin sneaking in uh, at least a share of a Big Ten title because you know Wisconsin just finds a way to claim one. Um, you know, so many years like this. So so I, I think Purdue can do it. But he, I could I could just as easily see uh, Wisconsin or Illinois at the top of the podium there. All right, Dustin Dopirak with us Wednesdays to share the latest on IU basketball. Dustin, thank you for the chat. We'll do it next week. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will join us, brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Stay with us for that, and uh, we'll get into some of the high school stuff. The girls' state tournament, the boys' final week, the boys' sectional pairings, just a lot of stuff going on right now. We'll cover a lot of ground with Josh in the next segment. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back. Final segment of this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. This segment each week is brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. You can visit mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com to find out more. Josh a busy week, man. You guys are covering games every day to wrap the boys' season up, getting ready for the Silver Creek girls in the state championship on Saturday and, of course, boys' sectionals next week. When it comes to high school hoops, this is the madness time. That's right. It is. It's uh, it's definitely getting to the uh, nitty-gritty and, uh, and the fun time as far as that goes, too. So it's, uh, it's exciting, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's just fun to be part of it. All right, let's start with the Silver Creek girls. We had Kennedy Mason Stryverson with us to start the show today. What an interview, just a really intelligent young lady that's a star on and off the basketball court. But can this Silver Creek team get it done on Saturday? South Bend, Washington is really good. They've got so much back from last year's state championship game when they really challenged the favorite Silver Creek then. Uh, can the Dragons pull it off this year? They're going to go in, I think, as the underdog. Yeah, it's uh, not often when the defending state champ goes in as the underdog, but uh, that's I think that'll definitely be the case this year. Uh, you know, South Bend, Washington returned pretty much everybody from last year, while Silver Creek lost you know three starters and uh, you know another another big reserve. So um, you know, it, it's it's Silver Creek definitely has uh, its work cut out for it, but you, you know, you never know. Uh, especially this time of year, uh, they've, they've kind of been uh, underregarded, I think, uh, statewide as far as that goes for most of the year. So, you know, it, anything can happen. Um, you know, South of Washington, just incredible. Uh, some of the, you know, they're, they're winning their games by 30, 30 points on average, and they average 38 rebounds a game. So, I mean, those are, those are two really big numbers. Uh, you know, obviously they're going to have the height advantage, the size advantage on Silver Creek. So, you know, Silver Creek's going to have to make a lot of shots. I don't know if uh, 
you know, maybe it'll be uh, uh, like Villanova Georgetown in the '85 national championship game. Villanova shot like seventy-five <laughs> percent in the second half. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll be something like that. I don't know, but yeah, Creek, some Creek have to shoot well. You know, and they could. Who knows? They could come out and hit. 10, 12 three pointers. You just never know. And if that's the case, I like their chances. But uh, you know, that's that's going to be a it's going to be a tall task. Um, you know, I, I definitely think Creek has a shot. But you know, like I said, it's going to be going to be a hard hard road. All right, Josh. Busy week. The final week of the boys' regular season. I'm not just I'm not sure if there are just more games scheduled this week than normal, or if there are makeup games because of weather and just maybe some reschedules. It just seems to be. A very very busy slate, almost a game every night this week, or multiple games every night this week, involving local teams. Last night, Jeff cruised over Madison Silver Creek, scored 110 points, and beat Salem 110 to 35 last night. Uh, some other games on the docket as well uh, last night, and there are some additional games tonight. I know Floyd Central will wrap up the regular season against Columbus East this evening. So a busy final week of the season. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, it is. It is for sure. Yeah. Silver Creek beat uh, Salem by 75 points, which is crazy. And they play each other in the first round of the sectional. So a um, little sectional preview there, maybe. I don't know. But uh, that game, the highlight of that game was the, uh, the senior manager, Jay Dog got in the game and uh, he had he scored eight points. He had two points in the first quarter, then he hit three or two three pointers in the fourth quarter. Uh, the video on that was pretty was pretty great, uh, um, so that that was wonderful to see for him and uh, for Silver Creek. But yeah, I mean Silver Creek's definitely uh, definitely going to be a wild card kind of going into the uh, to the tournament. We you know you still don't know if you know something might ha- happen and the Oliver kid gets eligible. But but really and truly, um, regardless of that, you know they've they've come on the end of the year here. Uh, they've won I think four of the last five, something like that, and they're really getting a lot of contributions from uh, a lot of different people. Zach Stricker had 31 last night, and then uh, you know Brandon Northern has obviously shouldered so so much of that offensive scoring load for this season, and you know other people are kind of stepping up around him now, and and that's kind of helping them. Uh, so you know they're going to be a tough out. I think they got the better, uh, uh, you know, they got the a favorable draw there in the bottom half of the bracket away from away from North Harrison. So, you know, if Silver Creek can, can get some momentum, win a couple games, you know, get into that championship game, you know, anything can happen. So that's, that's you know, that's one thing I, I'm really looking at here this last week heading into the – and they play Seymour on Friday night, so that would be a good – that would be a really good tune-up for both teams as far as that goes because, you know, Seymour could, could definitely be a factor in, uh, in its sectional too, so – you know that that's really a game that's gonna maybe give us a, a, an idea of in the postseason maybe one of those two teams could um, you know be a surprise in that in their sectional. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. Josh uh, Jeffersonville, an easy winner last night over Madison. I think the game ended with a running clock. And uh, now the Red Devils get will get ready for a, a decent Castle team that they're scheduled to host on Friday night. I think late season games good for this Jeff team to try to get back in the swing of things, or maybe for the first time get fully in the swing of things after playing well last week, getting a couple opportunities to add to that this week. I, I've said this uh, before the New Albany Jeff game. I definitely said it after. 
if I'm in the Seymour sectional, I don't want to play the Red Devils because we all know they're talented and they're finally getting a chance together to practice, to play, and build themselves up for the postseason. Yeah, I mean that's that's 100% true. Uh, you know they're they're uh, they're they're coming together. It seems like at the right time, and that's you know that, that's what you want um, to be to be peaking this time of year. And you know they've they've strung together some some wins, uh, maybe five and seven or something like that at this point. So you know that's that's a good uh, a good thing to have heading into the to the state tournament. You know they. They've got, uh, I think they got a good draw in that sectional, so they're they're uh, away from from uh, Floyd Central and Jennings County, uh, who I think are the two best teams in the sectional. But uh, you know they they can uh, they have they have to beat Bedford, which they've already done. All of that was a really close game, and then they would have to to avenge a loss to to Seymour. But uh, when they lost to Seymour way back in December, uh, I don't think Will Levin's watch played in that game. So, you know, that that's uh, it's a huge addition and uh, you know, I, I definitely think they have a shot to make it uh, to make it to the finals. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. Josh, um, other thoughts on the draw three A at Salem. I think there'll will be some really good Friday night games and championship game there. Um, also two A at Southwestern, I think we all expect the Pioneers of Providence and Southwestern to hook up in the championship game there. Then 1A at Borden, I see the potential for great matchups there as well. Anything stand out to you as far as the brackets go for next week? Yeah, the uh, definitely intrigued by the uh, Class A. You know, that's at Borden. That's always a it's always a fun fun environment, fun sectional, and you know, that's one of those where where you wouldn't be surprised. To, for any of those teams to win, I mean, uh, going in, I would say that that uh, that Rock Creek's a favorite just because they've they've beaten all the other teams in, in that field this season. Um, you know, they they they've got a strong team this year. There, you know, nobody nobody in that sectional has can even come close to the kind of height that uh, Rock Creek has with uh, Deeper and uh, Jailed Treat. So, you know, they they definitely uh, are the favorite, but. You know they've got to win three games to to win the title, and they'll have to play New Washington in the first round. A team they just beat by eight uh, uh, a few days ago, and then you know they'd have to play Borden, the host team, in the semifinals, which would be which would be really tough. I mean, um, so that that's that's uh, going to be a great great atmosphere out there and a great sectional. And you know, in the bottom half of that bracket, you know, look at a team like Christian Academy, which doesn't have a winning record, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won two games right there in the in the sectional finals. And speaking of which, uh, a team in that field, South Central. Uh, did you see South Central beat Corden last time, Matt? That was kind of a surprise. I uh, did. Going yes. In, going into this, uh, going into the postseason. So, you know, that's another one of those. Corden was on that roll for a while. Won eight straight before Silver Creek beat them. Then they turn around and lose to South Central as well. That's kind of a team that I was looking at as a you know possible Cinderella in that. Salem sectional, but I'm not sure now after that. So, uh, you know, these these late season games can can tell you stuff about teams heading into the postseason. No question. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read his work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the daily print edition of the newspaper as well. Josh, uh, thanks for the coverage and the chat. Fun time, but busy time, and we'll talk with you next week.
That's right. Thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Have a great day. You as well. Major League Shirt Company can help if you're looking to raise money for your team or event. Let Major League Shirt Company's online fan stores work for you. You can outfit fans and raise money with very little effort. Major League even does the sorting. All you've got to do is cash the check. Find out more at Major League Shirt Company's website, mlshirtco.com. That's mlshirtco.com. I saw a fan store uh, circulating for the Silver Creek Ladies. Get your uh, state championship gear later this week in advance of the big game at Gainbridge Fieldhouse coming up on Saturday night. We've got Jeff Castle on Friday. We've got Silver Creek girls in the state championship game on Saturday, and I'll be back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.